this is Jeff Kober, and we welcome you to this Disney Insights podcast. In this uh, conversation, we review what was shared Monday, April 17th in a news conference Governor Ron DeSantis held at the uh, former Reedy Creek Improvement District headquarters in Lake Buena Vista. Many sound bites were shared during this conference, but we take a look at the details of what was said and how the governor has fired back at Disney. And we'll look at the implications to you and your organization. Throughout this, ask yourself if you feel that a government institution has the right to do these things to your organization, whether big or small. Join us as the empire strikes back as DeSantis retaliates against Disney. Now, before we start this, I do not believe this is only about one party versus the other. This is about extremism and the effects it can have on citizens, organizations, and entities. This is about civility and the need we have in our country for a lot more of it, especially in the ranks of government. I was soundly critical of Governor Newsom and felt he made Disney into or Disneyland into its own political pawn as he fought conservative interests in Orange County, California during the pandemic. Either side, whoever does it, this is not right and this is not good governance. I have worked with organizations in the public sector for nearly 25 years. This is not what citizens want. and We should not give an open mic to extremists on either side who choose to bully others, no matter what their position of leadership may be. This is bullying, pure and simple. It's just that it's aimed at a highly popular, highly visible organization known throughout the world. And that focus is giving the bully international attention. Ultimately, I think it will do him dishonor. Bullying is never right, no matter what control you may think you have to do so. I've also spoken out about things Disney has done inappropriately. Anyone who has listened to my podcast over time knows that I am not just simply someone who thinks Disney, you know, walks on water, particularly as it relates to lobbying efforts and supporting the coffers of candidates on both ends of the aisle. Disney has missed the mark. Every organization the size of Disney does this pretty much, but it doesn't make it right. I think every organization should think carefully and transparently as they deal with government agencies, officials, and especially politicians. Now, all of this began, well, over a year ago when Disney opposed the parental rights in education law, which critics called, don't say gay. That legislation limited classroom instruction on gender identity and sexual orientation in public schools. A Republican-held legislature has the right, as voted in by its citizens, to address this law. Disney felt, and Iger has even stated since, though he was not there a year ago, 
has said that corporations have a right as well to speak their own minds about political issues, especially ones affecting their guests or their employees, without being punished or singled out by politicians. When government officials pick on or single out a particular agency or a particular um, uh, organization, they are, in essence, bullying them. From there, the governor changed the charter of the Reedy Creek Improvement District and put in his own board of people in place. It looked, at the moment, like the governor was going to win and prove once and for all that no corporation, according to him, was above the law. Last week, when it became obvious to this new board, they realized that prior to the board taking over, Disney had publicly and transparently, under sunshine laws, enacted changes that would give Disney the right and privilege to take action on any number of matters regarding its future, such as allowing zoning or building inspections, even the ability to approve the addition of future resorts included a 10-year comprehensive plan, giving Disney the option to add a fifth major theme park, two minor parks, one million square feet of retail space, and some 14,000 hotel rooms. The governor called this an 11th hour move, which he may see as such, but it was done legally and lawfully according to sunshine laws in the state of Florida. Notwithstanding, the governor was angered, particularly at looking foolish and not knowing what was going on and not having spent energy and time looking into what was happening as um, the new board was taking over. To that end, he sent Florida Attorney General Ashley Moody to do a public records request in order to gain insight into agreements the Reedy Creek Improvement District's board made with Disney ahead of the state takeover. Moody sought, quote, documents discussing an intention or goal of circumventing, avoiding, frustrating, mitigating, or otherwise attempting to avoid the effects of anticipated actions by the Florida governor and the Florida legislature, end of quote. By the way, the Orlando Sentinel also made the similar request, and both came up empty. But this only furthered, further angered DeSantis. He spoke out in appearance last week, saying that perhaps they'd create toll roads around Disney. He would later play down that comment in today's meeting, largely because, well, other Republicans didn't like the tone or tenor of that. But he still had plenty to say and much to criticize. Several times, those speaking, including the governor, talked about everyone having, quote, the same level playing field, end of quote. Another expression of this was, quote, I hate corporate welfare, end of quote. Those were repeated themes throughout the press conference today. In truth, a level playing field does not exist in the state or any other. Disney has definitely found its own favors. For instance, the fact that planes can't fly over the Magic Kingdom is an example of that in the wake of 9-11 and um, uh, footage that Disney had found of the terrorists. And considering 
um, attacking Walt Disney World. But please understand, Universal and frankly, any other industry, a space industry, a hotelier, hospitals, um, automobiles, the farmers, everyone gets favors. Part of the problem. Let me give an example of this. And you can take a, um, a giant elevated traffic circle um, and you can search for this is being constructed in addition to a road extension for just over $300, 300 million, I'm sorry, 300 million in Orange County, Florida. What's it for? It's going to connect the two major theme parks that Universal has, plus their water park, to their new uh, theme park, Epic Universe. And it will make it possible. I was just there today. In fact, the construction ended up diverting me in the wrong direction and it caused me to be late for uh, for uh, the location I was going to. Um, but at any rate, this will allow buses coming from one end of Universal to the other to pretty much get there in probably seven or eight minutes once they get underway. It will really connect two very different locations um, of theme parks all under Universal's umbrella. This $300 million project, well, Universal will be paying just over half of the projected cost for this project at about $160 million. Orange County controversially contributed $125 million for the project, and the state of Florida granted, yeah, the state of Florida granted $16 million towards the cost as well. The total expected bill for this infrastructure addition is, again, just over $300 million and the state and county costs are being paid for by taxpayers. Please understand that this is not what happens on Disney property. Disney ultimately has to pay Reedy Creek because it is the major citizen of Reedy Creek for the roads that get improved. It's just that Reedy Creek is put in charge of that. This is, and by the way, last year, there was a whole lot of feeling that if they got rid of Reedy Creek, that Orange or Osceola County taxpayers would end up having to incur the debt that had been taken on by Reedy Creek and it would come out of their own taxes. Ron DeSantis made abundantly clear, see, we didn't do that. You aren't going to have to pay any taxes. We're going to charge uh, Disney for this. But at the same time, here is a big construction project going on and the state of governor, state of Florida is granting $16 million toward it, and Orange County is contributing $125 million for it. And who's paying for it? Taxpayers. So let me just help you understand. Every organization gets favors at one time or another. Disney has, Universal has, SeaWorld has, Legoland has. They all get favors at one time, and every industry gets favors. This is why organizations lobby government agencies. If you want a level playing field, remove or deeply restrict lobbying privileges. That is probably the big problem in our society is we go around and we pay money into the coffers of politicians. We There is no transparency or not enough accountability around that. And then, of course, we lobby them afterwards for what we prefer. Now, remember, these district privileges were given to Disney by the government, by the Florida state government originally back 
in the 1960s. Didn't Disney has never gone off and created its own rules or its own government. It went through the process decades ago to get that right. Disney didn't create its own government in Florida. The state of Florida gave Disney a government district to run under, something it does for scores of other organizations across the state. There are many districts, and they have very different purposes. Some are universities, some are libraries. They have all different purposes and ways in which they can um, have particular benefits or district privileges given to them. This is not new with Disney. By the way, it's kind of well known, or if you go back in time, Roy Disney, Walt had passed away by this point, but Roy pretty much knew that if they didn't get the district, they probably wouldn't have gone ahead with building Walt Disney World. Not at the level, certainly, that they ended up doing so. They needed that because there were no roads. There was no utilities. There was no fire department. There were none of these things. And there was nothing in Orange or Osceola County to really help them make that happen. These were small towns, which ultimately became mega destinations known the world over. Only because Disney first showed up and was given the privilege of having a district so it could build out a vacation kingdom to the world. The governor was especially wrought that the agreement limited the district as to what it could even do on district lands. Well, Disney didn't want it to randomly put up its own signage, and especially didn't want the district to act in Disney name or use its own characters. To that end, Ron DeSantis said the following, quote, what should we do with this land? These are lands which were district lands given to the district by Disney. Remember, Disney bought all the property. So he goes on to say, quote, what should we do with this land? Maybe create a state park or other amusement parks, another state prison. The possibilities are endless, end of quote. Even suggested was the idea of requiring Disney resorts to post notices warning about human trafficking, something that doesn't even, it's not even tied there is no empirical data that shows that kind of thing is going on at its resorts. Now, if you want to go talk about other things like a major stadium and tournaments and things like that, I mean, there are other places where this kind of thing is going on. But we're not talking about those places. We're talking about picking on Disney. No wonder Disney wanted to, again, limit the district on what it could just put up a sign and say. DeSantis went on to say, quote, the board may very well look at that. What is the property really worth? It was appraised too low, is going to be get a more honest assessment. There are some one billion in debts that need to be paid down. They could look at the mileage rate. Then he asks the question, what role could Disney play in terms of more workforce housing? Well, as to the latter, Disney is already seeking to build workforce housing out by Flamingo Crossings. As to the former, Disney was the one that bought the property in the first place. They deeded over to Reedy Creek so that the district could provide the services they were to provide, such as roads or a place to put a firehouse. But in truth, Disney owned the property originally. In that same spirit, 
During this conference, the Department of Agriculture's Department of Consumer Services, the governor will require that the state not allow Disney to be exempted from ride inspection. The monorail was particularly singled out during this conversation. Well, in truth, all large theme parks, again, Universal, um, Busch Gardens, um, Legoland, have been exempted from the inspection and not just Disney. Disney's defense or defends its position on being a leader in terms of safety. But that has not been the case with smaller enterprises that have been regulated by the Department of Agriculture's Department of Consumer Services, which by the way, I don't know what the what ag is doing monitoring safety inspections. I suppose it started with state carnivals and I don't know how it got to this point, but at any rate, consumer services under the Department of Agriculture. Well, what has it done so far? Let's take the free fall ride at Icon Park on iDrive. That free fall ride was the one that led a number of months ago to the death of Tyra Sampson. They were responsible for ride inspection on that ride. After the death of that individual, that young man, their conclusion, and this comes from them, that there was minimal training and no training manual. But these are after-the-fact revelations. Activities that such a department should have discovered amiss prior to the accident before giving them a license to even operate. Where is your training manual? Show me your training. Show me how you go through your safety processes. None of that occurred. All that this agency has done is given a report after the fact. By the way, the ride was fined 250000 ultimately even taken down. But really, that's pittance for a death. By the way, OSHA does the same thing at the national level. They're frankly not much better. Repeatedly, Disney has over the decades been shown as having better safety procedures in place than that which was required by OSHA. DeSantis took on other topics. The message regarding legislation to protect Floridians from a federally controlled central bank digital currency yeah, yeah, this is a whole nother thing, nothing to do with Disney. But the emphasis, the message he said, was he used using it to show how he works to stay ahead of problems that could come to Florida. Yet at the same time, he didn't stay ahead and anticipate Disney, furthering an image of being reactionary to Disney's very transparent, very um, legal motions. Disney didn't, DeSantis didn't take on any questions uh, about Trump. Trump had noted the governor had been outplayed, outsmarted, and embarrassed by Disney a few days later. When asked this morning if he would meet with Bob Iger, he stated yes, as long as Disney accepted, quote, that they are not going to live under a different set of rules than everyone else. If we can get there, fine, he said, but we're not there yet. This is in response to the fact that Bob Iger was asked this last week in Time Magazine as he was named um, one of the most influential individuals in America. Um, and he was asked about meeting with DeSantis. And he said, yes, I would welcome doing that if he would like to do that. At any rate, the main message throughout this entire press event was, quote, 
we are a government of laws and not of men, end of quote. Yet, as a man and an elected one at that, he uses government and government laws to, quote, get even with men who have taken a political stance differently than he has. He is using his own personal agenda to act above the law. I don't believe that one organization should be allowed to get advantages over another, but I certainly don't believe that a government official should have that opportunity to just change the law or make any law that would offer favor to his situation and to his um, political status. This is what it is. It is a political battle. State Senator um, Blaise Ingoglia, my apologies if I didn't pronounce that correctly, was at the press event. He referenced how well he knew the governor. He says, quote, you are not going to win this fight. The governor, this governor will. Let it go, let it go, end of quote. Another public official at the press event, Carolina Amnesty of Windermere, referenced Walt Disney as having envisioned the happiest place on earth. Quote, we all love Disney, but you cannot indoctrinate our children. They have armed extremists who have pushed far left narratives and lies about our great state. They think the rules do not apply to them. Let it be known across this great nation that here in the state of Florida, it is we the people, not woke corporations. It is time for Disney to have sober conversations about the radical ideologies they have hijacked. Florida is the place where woke goes to die. Contrasting, the state from California, she emphasized, quote, I have news for the woke administration at Disney. At Disney, This is not California. End of quote. This kind of rhetoric simply underscores that all of this is political and has nothing to do with good governance state, federal, and local agencies should provide. Quote, it's hitting the point of absurdity, Anna Eskamani, a Democratic state representative from the Florida area, told the Orlando Sentinel on April 8th. Quote, it's about DeSantis looking big and bad next to Disney, end of quote. Florida newspaper columnists and editorial boards and other media outlets across the country have also criticized DeSantis's campaign. By the way, Disney declined to comment on Monday after the news conference, but please don't see that as mere acceptance of what has been announced. Now again, I want to restate, Disney's not perfect. And it sometimes has been a little bit of a bully at times, too, in trying to get its way. But this is a government leader choosing to select, single out, and bully a particular organization. And while it's the biggest organization in Florida, and the biggest taxpayer, as Bob Iger emphasizes, it doesn't matter. You can also... If you can get away with bullying a big organization, you can probably get away easily with bullying a small one. 
that's troublesome. And it is a departure from civility. Civility which needs to occur on in both political parties, Republican or Democrat, there needs to be more civility. Less politics, less debate, and far less bullying. Now, in my traditional Disney at Work podcast, I have often provided what I've called souvenirs for your organization. And I've offered just a couple here. I want to ask you, do your government representatives support you in being able to do business? Are they making it easier for you to do business in your area? Moreover, how do you advocate for civility in your affairs, as well as in the actions of those who provide governance? Are you supporting those who are uncivil, who take a bullying approach, even if it may temporarily favor your organization? We, as a country, as a world, cannot be accepting of bullying. We must model more civility, more tolerance, more care, more understanding, and more listening. This is what makes our world a better place. It needs to happen in every organization, and it especially needs to happen in good government. Thank you for joining us for this Disney Insights podcast. In truth, I had actually done a lot of work toward preparing an entire podcast on dissecting Magic Kingdom expansion rumors. There's so much to talk about that's so cool there. But this came up and I really felt that this needed to be attended to. So make sure you subscribe so that uh, when that other podcast comes a little later this week, you can have a chance to listen to it as well. We also need to talk about Disney's Animal Kingdom's, well, 25th anniversary and what makes that park so amazing. So make sure you subscribe to this podcast, subscribe to DisneyInsights.com, to our YouTube channel as well, Disney Insights, so that you can hear more and see more and know more as we present it to you. Again, thanks for being a part and in the words of Sinbad's storybook voyage, so relevant in this day and age, always follow the compass of your heart. I hope you have a great day. We'll see you real soon. Thank you.